Well, it is good to see you today on our Baptism Sunday. Can we give God praise for that? So excited to celebrate when we get to see people publicly declare their love for God. Today we get the kids to stay in with us. Uh, I told my kids I'm going to ask them some questions after the service, and if they get them right, I'll give them an extra snack uh, today. <laughs> Uh, so to just apply a little pressure on the parents for you kids, uh, for you to pay attention, all of you young ones. Uh, but speaking of kids, uh, we, we're just going to have a, a quick sermon today as we're going to be able to hear the testimonies of everyone being baptized, which is just an incredible thing to do as they publicly declare their uh, way of life as following Jesus before all of us today. Um, and so we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10, but before I get there, oh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Justin, I'm the pastor here. I don't normally dress this comfortable, uh, but since I am jumping in a pool, you know, <laughs> yes, uh, this, is, this is my beach outfit, my true beach outfit, you know, I had a reserve for beach people because you don't want to see all that, but uh <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but you did get my Jesus sandals, yeah. my Burks. <laughs> oh man, I love days like this. Um, we just get to celebrate the gospel, what God is doing in people's lives. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if anybody has remembered. I, I know a lot of people that I talk to. Uh, they either reference other people as like, oh, that's a good person, or they describe themselves as a good person whenever we start talking about God, Christianity, religion, uh, and it's always a funny thing uh, because as far, I don't know if anybody here is uh, like me or maybe I'm just the worst of everybody here, which I'll take that if, if it needs be, if nobody can relate to this, but my kids are here too, so I'll give them a fun story. Um, that if I, as far back as I can remember, I can remember sinning. Uh, as, a, as a little child, now I know my kids won't be able to get away with this because all their allowance is digital. Uh, my allowance, so Judah and Levi, you can't ever complain about your allowance. My allowance, my job for the week was feeding our pet, cat, Shadow. Every day when I came home from school, I had to fill up his food, his water, hang out with him for a little, a little while. And every week, you know, I did this. It was my job to keep him alive. And I got 50 cents for that every Sunday. That was my allowance. And so, you know, I wasn't really happy about the 50 cents. And I felt like my wages should be doubled. And so I unionized with myself. And <laughs> I realized that my parents never communicated about who gave me allowance that week. And so what I would do is I would go to my mom and get my allowance from her. And then a little while later, I would go to my dad and get my allowance from him. And I just needed to make sure they weren't in the same room when this was happening. <laughs> One day, they caught on to my scheme and I got in trouble. But it was a while before that happened. I was very young when this happened. And what is... What is funny is also true, but is, is a reality of our nature that nobody has to teach us to sin. 
We are born with this innate reality that we want to cover up things, we want to run away from things, we want to hide things, and we don't want to do what we're told. This is the human condition. And when Jesus is called a good teacher by a rich young ruler, and someone who has kept the law, Jesus' response to this person is, who is good? Who is good but the Father? Jesus is making a point that this man has no clue who he is, yet calls him good. Meaning Jesus' response is that none of us are good. No, not one. None of us have ever lived a perfect life. None of us have never not had the desire not to break the rules and break the law and sin and hide from it. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God, as Paul puts it in Romans. Here in Ephesians, we read this in verses 1 to 3. Paul says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. There is one thing that we should take away from this portion of scripture, that we are all sinners. There is not one person on earth that is good within their own nature and their own power. And so every time you have an urge to say, you are good or I am a good person, check yourself. Because not one of us is good. My favorite thing to start a conversation about Jesus with people is when they say that they are good or someone else is good. And I say, hmm, what do you mean by that? Because when it gets down to it, we all realize, as Paul says, we are by nature children of wrath. None of us are good. And the fact is that in order for us to understand and appreciate what God has done, we first have to understand the depravity of our human nature. We have to understand our need for Jesus because if we go around believing the lie that we are good, if we go around believing the lie that we are righteous, that there is something in us that is good, then we can never appreciate what God has done for us on the cross. We will never fully understand the need for Jesus to die on the cross, to take on the wrath of God, to drink the cup of wrath that was stored up for me and you. If we are good, then Jesus never had to come. In order for us to truly appreciate and go to God every single day in realization that by my nature, that I am a child of disobedience. That means every day I'm going to want to buck against his goodness. Every day I'm going to want to run away from his presence. Every day there is a war in me that will happen that when good and when I want to do good, evil will lie close at hand. But yet every day we lie and we live in the facade that we are good enough, that we do not need a truly good savior. And that we are righteous in our own works because yesterday, maybe I didn't have as much as a potty mouth. Or yesterday, maybe I didn't do something that I did in a while. But the reality is that every single day, whether we know it or not, 
we offend a holy and righteous God. And every single day we must run to him. That's why Jesus, when he says what it is to be his disciple, he says to take up your cross daily and to follow him. That there will never be a time where I obtain perfection. There will never be a time when I do not need his grace. There will never be a time where I am righteous within my own self. Church, we must understand this first and foremost to understand the gospel. That is why when the enemy will come and he will throw my sins in my face and he will try to have me live in shame, I do something that I've said before, but that has become a part of a liturgy for me and the enemy. When he says, well, Justin, you are this, you are that, you've done this, and you've done that. And I say, you are absolutely right. But then, I remember this in verse 4, but God. Yes, devil, you are absolutely right. I am not good enough. Yes, I am a child of wrath. Yes, I have done atrocious things that I will never want to repeat to another person again. Yes, I have lived a life in complete separation to God. Yes, I do not deserve anything I have. You are right. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, church, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We have these two words here, mercy and grace, but God being rich in mercy, words that will echo in my heart for the rest of my life, because every time I do not feel worthy to enter into his presence, every time I do not feel worthy to receive his grace, every time I do not feel worthy to be among the body, every time my shame may come upon me in condemnation instead of conviction, I remember the words of, these, of this scripture, but God being rich in mercy. Mercy is when I do not receive something that I should receive. When I should receive the wrath of God, when I should receive all death, when I should receive all that the law curses me with, but I do not receive it. I remember the great mercy of God. I remember that every day that I have breath in my lungs is a mercy of God. I remember that every time I can enter into his presence, it is a mercy of God. Every time I can proclaim the good news to somebody else, it is a mercy of God. It is by the mercy of God I stand here today, by the mercy of God that I live and I breathe because I have offended him so many times. I have deserved his wrath over and over and over again. But because he was rich in mercy, we stand here today to be able to listen to the gospel proclaimed. 
that even when I was dead in my trespasses, see, sometimes we have it twisted that we came to God and we were so excited and we changed our life and we became good people and then we received Jesus. That is not the case. That when Jesus finds us, that song that we sang a long time ago, he came to the miry clay, to the dirt that we were living in our life, that while we were dead in our trespasses, I was not actively saying, God, I want you. I was not actively saying, I have changed my life, and now I am righteous, and now I am good, and now you can come and make a home in my heart. No, while we were dead in our trespasses, that is when he saved us, church. That his salvation towards us is an immeasurable gift that we will always have, that we can never say that I need anything more because this is the gift that I have that is the, the only gift that I've ever needed in my life. That as long as I have salvation from God, I have everything that I need. The world may bring me troubles, it may bring me sickness, it may bring me death, but as long as I have Christ, nothing in this world can take that from me. I have all that I need. And while I was dead in my trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Not only does God have mercy on us, he doesn't give us what we do deserve, but he has grace on us, which he gives us of which we don't deserve. This double blessing to not only take us out of his wrath, but also put us into his blessing. To not only to take us into a neutral place to him, but to bring us into his inheritance, to make us his sons and his daughters, to bring us into his kingdom, to make us citizens of this great kingdom of his. He has raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I am raised up from my lowly, sinful, evil position and I am given a position of blessing, a position of inheritance, a position of honor. That is the beauty of the grace of God. That he is lavished upon us blessing after blessing after blessing. That not only does he take his wrath away through his son, but now through his son also he sees his firstborn son, which is to receive the inheritance in every single one of us. He sees us washed by the blood of the lamb. He sees in us people worthy of the inheritance. He sees us as righteous, as whole, as clean by the power of his Son. And Paul ends it here. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, church, Paul wants to make it abundantly clear to us that this is not our doing and never will be. This is always 
a mercy that we thank God for every single day, that by grace we have been saved through faith. It is not because you helped an old person cross the street the other day. It is not because you went to the soup kitchen for the hundredth time. It is not because of that that you are saved. It is purely a gift of God that we get to thank Him for each and every day. And because of this gift that we are given that we do not deserve, from that flows the good works that the church is called to do, to care for the orphan and the widow, to care for the vulnerable, the poor among us, to care for this world, to proclaim the good news of the mercies and the grace of God. It is because we are loved when we were unlovable that we can go out and love this unlovable world. It is because we were forgiven, even when we would not forgive, that now we can go out and forgive. Church, this is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that today we're going to see people get baptized and say, this is the Savior that I follow. This is the one that is my King. He is not only my Savior, but he is also my Lord. His directives are my directives. His word is my word. His life is my life now. Because when we stand before the Father, it will be his covering, not ours. His garment, not our filthy rags, that we stand before God on that fateful day. Church, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for what you've done. And we thank you that we get to celebrate what that means for us today.